Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined with Amanda and our yeah, and our special guest, Alexa Bigwar. Alexa created the book, Lose the Cape, The Mom's Guide to Becoming Socially and Politically Engaged and How to Raise Tiny Activists. The book features contributions by Alexa, her co-author, Nancy Caviones, as well as by 11 other women. Alexis hosts the Lose the Cape podcast. And in addition, Alexa owns the publishing companies Cat Biggie Press and Purple Butterfly Press. My goodness, you are <laughs> really busy. And I love that you're dedicated to empowering moms to change the world and teach their kids to do so too. Welcome, Alexa. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, just reading the, the bio, I'm I'm exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even cover all of it, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, moms and all the roles and hats we wear. That's right. That's right. So, you know, to get started, I, many people, and I know I can personally relate to feeling a stirring inside of you that you want to do more and be part of the bigger picture or the, the bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. And maybe it could be that you want to be part of the, a process for change. And sometimes taking that first step into becoming socially and politically active can be difficult. Um, what is your advice for women wanting to take those first steps? Well, I think it comes down to, like you said, you, you, it often has to be something that is very motivating to you personally. And I think when you see the the moms who are going out there doing the really big things, like the, it's it's for a very specific cause or reason. In my case, I was drawn to advocacy and activism because of a medical situation where I was pregnant with twins, um, identical twins, and they had a syndrome called twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. And um, very, very long story short, I was hospitalized a lot. I really got to see the ins and outs of the medical system, um, things that happened that I was very upset with after the fact they were born early. Um, at 30 weeks, and one of them passed away two days later, and the other one spent three months in the NICU. So we had a wide variety of things just happening all around us, insurance and NICU and emergency care and mother care and all these things. And and there were so many pieces that were broken. I was just like, how can I start to make a difference. So I was very, very, very driven by this passion to try and stop this from happening to someone else, basically. And then all of the things that come along with it, one of the the biggest passions that I have now that I can't wait to start working on, I haven't I haven't been able to put my energies behind it yet, but I, it's on the list, is this whole idea of um, paid time off and medical leave for all women, regardless of size of organization that you work for, regardless of your insurance coverage, regardless of anything, every mother should have a minimum amount of paid time off after having a baby. And um, I, I saw women who had had babies born at 23, 24, 25 weeks that they they basically had to abandon in the NICU because they had to return back to work immediately because they either didn't have any paid time off or their paid time off was so small that they wanted to save it for when their baby came home from the NICU. And um, 
So, sorry, that's a lot. I didn't let me let me pause no, there. And let <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we had, it's a passion and it was and it it's the, born out of purpose. So that's, right. that's brilliant. And But uh, to answer your question, I'm sorry to hop right back in. I just realized yeah. I didn't actually answer your question. <laughs> but the the important thing is that whether it's like something really big like that or whether it's just that you don't feel like your school system for um uh, for handling um, healthy lunches is proper or something like or you have to realize that you can you can go big or you can start really small with just the things that impact you a friend of mine really inspired me recently because we have um, a lower and an upper um, campus for an elementary school that's on a busy road and they had breaks in the um, in the speed limit. So it would decrease to 30 miles an hour and then it would increase back to regular speed again between the schools and then decrease again. And it's a very short space um, that, that this was happening. And along that place where the speed limit returned to normal is a sidewalk where many of the children walk back and forth between the two campuses, especially if the older siblings walk a younger one to the other campus. So she just picked up the phone and lobbied with the high, with the, you know, figured out who she needed to contact. It turns out it was public transportation and, and explained the situation and said, we need this entire area to be the reduced speed of 30 miles an hour. And she was able to make that change and it's a good change. So it doesn't have to be huge things. And we talk a lot about this in our book because we get a lot of different examples from people of how big or small you can still make a difference and you can still, uh, whether you have a lot of time or no time, whether you're home with three small kids and you can't get out or not, and you can still make a difference and show your children how important it is to be involved as well. Okay, yeah, that's I'll pause there. <laughs> <laughs> take a break. I get take excited. A break. I get excited. I'm sorry, ladies. I just. <laughs> no, that's, no, I think it's great that, you're, that you really care about what you're talking about. And I think that's really important. And also, I, I think I think for a lot of people, they do care about political and social issues, mm. but maybe they don't know how to get involved or maybe they're kind of afraid to take those steps. So how would you encourage women and especially moms to get out there and be involved? Okay. I love this question too. I'm sorry. I'll try not to be so long-winded in the answer, but it really, I think the thing that everybody has to realize is that we have a really big stigma around the word politics and around like the word social justice and all those kinds of things. But actually politics starts in your own home every single day like there's nothing that we do from the time that we wake up until the time that we go to bed that isn't regulated by some kind of policy or isn't somehow incorporated into a political or social something right so the first thing is to not be scared of the word politics and to not think okay this is a big thing now i'm gonna have to be you know marching down the street with big signs and going to see all of my elected officials and doing all those kinds of things like it can be done by very 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 small things like attending your school board meeting once a month and just seeing what's going on and or being a part of your school improvement council and seeing what's happening at your child's school and how you can be a part of that process or even just making sandwiches as a group. One of the things I love to do when, when I had smaller kids and couldn't couldn't be involved on the bigger type stuff, um, we would get together and we'd have play dates and we would get all of our kids together and we'd make sandwiches or do something fun. And then we would we would have obviously pre-organized this, but we contacted this place. We have a, a company called St. Lawrence Place. It's a nonprofit that gives kind of like a, um, a, a home 
to mothers, single mothers and their children when they're in transition. Maybe she had to leave an abusive relationship. It's not a halfway house. It's not a shelter. It's an actual place where they where they get their own apartment and um, they're able to stay there until the mother has a, um, a job and they can get on, out on their own again. But they always need stuff. So we took um, meals over one day and, and did that as a group. So to us, that was really important. And it opened up an opportunity for us to talk to our kids about what happens when families are in situations where they can't pay their bills or they don't have jobs or, you know, where their lives don't look like our lives every day and the small things that we can do. So it's just, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about before that you, you find something that you're interested in that almost, I don't know how it is in every district, but in Columbia, South Carolina, we have a really, really high rate of children in poverty. So we have something called the backpack program where um, on Fridays, a backpack will go home with low-income children that has enough food and, and easy to open food that they can get to on their own for them to feed themselves over the weekend because one in five children are living in um, food poverty and they may not eat if they're not going to school. So um, our preschool some of the moms got together and decided this is something we want to sponsor. So we started supplying backpacks to the school district and we'd get together and shop for the things and that need to go in them and then assemble the backpacks and deliver them. Um, so, I mean, there's so many ways that you can, and those are, I mean, like think of any issue out there and you can come up with some sort of solution that you and your kids can do for fun, whether it's like, um, making gift and making um, pretty cards and taking them to a nursing home or singing for the elderly at um, at a nursing home at Christmas time or during the holidays. I mean, there's just, there's so many ways that you can show your children why it's important to take care of other people and how to get involved. And, and then, you know, if you ha really have a love for it, then you start thinking, okay, how do we change policy? What do we do this? How do we get involved in that? Or I'm really, really interested in this topic. There's got to be a group that lobbies or does something or has an advocacy day or something. That was not sh a shorter reply, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I know that sometimes that some of the conferences that I've attended, they've had an, a, a way that you could like when we stuffed backpacks and mm -hmm. these are conferences with over 10,000 people attending and I would be surprised that we would have this handful of maybe 20 people who came <laughs> you really? know uh, to do it but the thing is those of us who showed up we were motivated and oh we yeah just, you know like when we were doing the stuff the backpacks I mean we powered through it with all the canned goods and everything that we had uh, and other things, they weren't just canned goods, but um, it was supposed to be last for several hours. I mean, we we beat the time by, you know, over 50%, but that was <laughs> something that I appreciated that the conference put in there. That yes, they absolutely. gave us that opportunity to give back to that local community that we had traveled to for this conference. And it's also a great way to meet other people and just sort of talk with them on a very... Mm -hmm different, you know, level um, and make a different type of connection that you know that you have some shared values. So yeah. anyway, that, that's, 
That's no, a great I love idea that. that. I, I love that they added that component to it. And I think this is one of the cool things that we're seeing as time moves on is that more and more people are starting to, to really grasp these social issues and, and realize how important it is for us to know and understand them. And it, it comes down to stories and sharing stories and telling people why it's important. And all of a sudden, when you hear at the time, you know, I had a son in kindergarten and I remember hearing a story from from the woman who did these backpack programs who organized them that some of the children are you know are some of the kindergartners are taking home these backpacks over the weekend and they are providing food to their younger siblings and they may not have a parent home during the day so you have to put in like the the food that they can open that a five-year-old can open and figure out how to eat and help their younger siblings and when I thought about my son having to come home and open up, I'm getting like emotional even thinking about it, but having to to open up his backpack and pull out the food that's in there and be able to open it for his three-year-old sister, I just like, I, there was no way I could not be part of it after thinking yeah. of it like that, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit, but I have kind of a two-part question of something that I've wondered about before, but how should one go about choosing a cause? and is it better to focus on one or two issues or is it okay to be an activist for multiple issues that you care about? Um, well, I'm of the go big or go home mentality. So uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I have a lot of issues. Children, um, I have a lot of issues and then I have a lot of issues of interest, but um, <laughs> basically anything related to moms and children I'm interested in. So um, safety, health, uh, food, uh, coats, you know, any poverty, education, all of those types of things, but it gets very, very overwhelming. And I'll give you an example. Um, by no means am I trying to influence anyone's politics. I'm just sharing my personal uh, situation here. I'm, I'm very, very concerned about safety and guns with our children. So yes. um, this mm -hmm. has been something that I have taken a very, very, very strong stance about and have joined my local Moms Demand Action group. And yeah. I, um, you know, I participate in the advocacy days. I go out and I'm in the deep South. So, you know, we are, we need every single volunteer we can possibly get out there who's willing to talk about this topic and, and advocate for it. But there are times of the year, my primary, primary advocacy focus is um, maternal and infant health and care. So in the months between November and March, my attention is focused on raising money for the March of Dimes because I know for 100% fact that if it weren't for the um, all of the different elements that the March of Dimes has funded to provide better neonatal care, to provide better um, emergency care and, and training for nurses and equipment and all of these things that neither one of my babies would have lived. So um, to, to your answer, like you can have multiple causes and you can think about these causes all the time, but at some point in time, unless you have all the time and all the money in the world, you do have to kind of focus down on what are your main priorities and, um, and what are you trying to have the biggest the biggest impact on. So during that time frame, that's my main focus and that's where all my time and energy and money goes. And then in the rest of the year, I am happy to support all, all the other causes happening. Yeah, no, I mean, that I, I totally get you on the guns. I, I am also part of one of those 
the organizations and we have one here in the state of Washington that um, I for the first time ever I was out there collecting signatures to get something right. on the, the ballot in 2016 which which passed we passed right. one of the toughest new you know gun laws for background checks and that's amazing uh, a lot of different things that you know people just say you know it can't be done well it can be done it can it <laughs> and, can <laughs> it, and and it was it was quite a battle let me tell you just to um because they were even after the, the overwhelming so anyway but when you're doing that and you're becoming a social and political activist um how can it be a positive impact for your children? I mean, I know I have my own ideas uh -huh. and I have one child, uh, but how can, uh, as a mom, how can I use my activism to teach my children important values? So I think it's important that they under, that they don't just see what you're doing, but that they understand what you're doing. Um, so we've dragged our children to the March for Babies every April since 2012. And so my little ones have grown up knowing that that's an important cause to us and that we go out and they may not always understand why we're going out there, but they know that we go out there, mommy dyes her hair purple every year, we go out, we... <laughs> We raise as much money as we can. And as they've gotten older, we've I've really started talking to them about why we do it and why it's important. And I and I hear them um, talking about talking, you know, sharing those little tidbits. But the interesting thing is that it doesn't really matter what the cause is. If they're involved from a small time, from the time they're small and see you going out and understanding why you're doing it, like you see them naturally starting to become that way. I, my, my children are givers. Like they see a need now and they want to fix it. Uh, whether it's taking, I mean, my, my, my son will see a child alone out someplace and be like, do you think that child needs a home? And I'm like, he might, but not ours. Because <laughs> you know, be, he wants to, he, he has a heart for, you know, taking care of kids who, who need, who need help. So he wants to bring them all home. But um, yeah. they just, I think they naturally kind of see when you are involved in stuff like that, when you're sharing about it, we had an incident. Um, well, it's still ongoing, actually. Um, our school district has decided to partner with a communications um, company and install four and 5G towers on um, school sites. And this, the information, again, I'm very interested in children's health and well-being, and the information out there, the studies that make it quote unquote safe, were done a long time ago with completely different kind of equipment on adults. And so our argument was there is information out there to indicate that sitting within a, in a short distance from these type of towers on little bodies could be far more harmful for us than, than we know. So is it worth the risk? Anyway, we've been going through this whole process of trying to convince our school district that it's, that it's, you know, we should go a different direction or make sure at least that they're at a certain distance from the school, all these different things. But I, I've been talking about it a lot and, and telling my kids about it. And now it's to the point where every time we're driving down the road and my daughter sees of my youngest sees a four or five G tower, she's like, it's the monster tower. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to let her know. I am not one of those people who's like anti-wireless, like my, my world lives and dies by, by, by my internet connection. You know, I'm not like get rid of all the wireless, but 
helping them understand, you know, the difference between something that's, that's, that's good, bad, or otherwise, and why we're doing, I think they, they understand a lot more from a younger age than we give them credit for, but I certainly don't want her to like be terrified of wireless communications or think that it's, you know, a horrible thing. I just don't want them on a school ground for elementary schools, but. <laughs> yeah, an interesting way to finance the school budget. I, I don't. <laughs> and and the saddest part is that it's a tiny, tiny little chink of it. They pay them less than they would if it was on private property. And there's just, there's all kinds of things that, and that's why I said, go to school board meetings. They are the most interesting places to be sometimes. And you really see how much politics happens inside the doors of your school from all day. I mean, it's, it's such, if you want a good place to start and you have school age children, just start going to um, the school board meetings and the school improvement council meetings, and you will have your eyes opened to the need that's out yeah. there. <laughs> I know my daughter started attending those when she was in high school. And mm. what was funny is that it was like she was a superstar because she was the only actual student at these meetings. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and uh, people wanted to talk to her and get her opinion and all this stuff because she showed up. You yeah, know, well, that well, that's just it. Passionately interested in what was going on and what they were planning to do for the schools because they're really overcrowded. You know. Well, and that's and, that's just it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, but no, that was, um, and I, I was, it was pretty exciting that that she knew that she could, if she participated, then she had a voice. You know, and that she exactly. could potentially affect change. So I guess I must have done something right. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds like it. And that is the problem that we're having right now is that we have all these issues that feel too tough to solve because so many people have never grown up knowing that they can show up at a meeting and, and use their voice or they feel so deflated because it feels like things are never going to change. Well, let me tell you, elected officials need your vote. And if you're in a school district, school boards are usually elected. At least they are yep. here. You know, they need to know that people are paying attention to what they're doing and that it can, can have consequences if people don't like it. And I mean, same with going, you can go to, there's, there's advocacy days at the state house there. You can go, you can make a call. It's sometimes I, I don't, I get really nervous about making phone calls. So if I, if I do make a phone call about an issue, I'm careful to write down a little script but I, when I, when it's a cause that you're super passionate about, you lose the fear. I went to Washington and met with as many elected officials that would talk to me um, when they were considering changing some of the legislation and the funding that goes to uh, newborn and medical health. And that was an easy issue. So there wasn't a whole lot of, it's kind of hard, you know, very few people will will cut funding from <laughs> from medical stuff if it's not like, you know, really, really necessary. So that was an easy win for me, but it gave me the confidence to now know that I can pick up the phone and call them on harder issues as well. And I think um, you asked the question, where do people get started? If, if you're nervous about calling or, or, or going to visit them in their offices, if it's, if it's a, a political agenda or policy that you're trying to change, you know, start Set yourself up for success by starting with easy, easy, easy things, with smaller projects that maybe aren't so controversial or at the local level where it's so easy to reach out to your elected officials or at your school district where it's even easier to reach out. 
and um, you know start start with something like that. And the other thing is, if you don't want to lead stuff up, oh my goodness, you do not have to. There's there's an organization for everything. So think of something that you're interested in. If it's healthy school lunches, then Google people who you know talk about healthy school lunches in your community. If it's a bigger issue these days, there's there's a Moms Demand Action almost everywhere. There are. Yeah. There are there are things for just about every topic everywhere that you can that you can get involved with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's, it makes it a lot less scary if you kind of start with baby steps and mm -hmm. maybe join a group that already exists and start to become active in that instead of feeling you have to go out and start up, start up your own group from scratch. Exactly. And a lot of people are scared of the communications part of writing letters, of sending emails. These days, I tell you what, most of these organizations literally make it like a copy and paste email that you can plug in. Or if you sign up for some of the organizations, they'll text you and they'll provide you a script. It'll say, call, you know, they're voting on this item, call them and just, and most of them, you'll just get an answering service anyway. So all you have to do is say, hey, this is Alexa Bigwarf. I'm a resident of Columbia, South Carolina. You know, you've, you're voting on House Resolution 6975 about whatever, whatever. Here's my stance on it. I really wish you would oppose it or vote for it because of blah, blah, blah. And then you hang up and it's easy and you've said your piece and you've done your thing. Um, but yeah, start small, start small. And if you're scared of doing that kind of stuff, almost everybody needs postcards mailed or letters mailed or um, somebody to march in a parade just to show that there's people that are interested in the topic or, I mean, there's so many things to do that are very, very minimal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of want to circle back to something that we were talking about earlier. So we're talking about how being an activist yourself, that is kind of, um, taught your children to see what you do and start, start to care about issues. And mm -hmm. in your book, you talk a lot about raising tiny activists, which mm -hmm. I really love. Um, what is your advice for getting children involved and how can they develop an understanding of social and political issues and choose a cause that matters to them and actually participate in this sphere? Oh, well, yeah, I, I mean, it goes back to just modeling, just taking taking them with you. That's the biggest thing is um, when I go to things like on May 1st, we had a, um, a red for ed, South Carolina red for ed, our education, our teachers are some of the lowest paid in the country. And they they had did a walkout on May 1st and all of them went down to the state house. And so school was canceled. So the easy thing might've been to be like, okay, we have a day off. Let's just stay home and watch movies or whatever. But that's not what we did. I packed my kids up. We drove down to the state house. We went out there and it was a couple, I mean, they, were they thrilled? No, but they'll remember it. We took, we took pictures. I explained to them why we were doing it. I told them about it. We found their teachers. Their teachers were thrilled to the moon and back that we were out there showing our support for them. And, you know, that's really what it is. I took my son, my, my husband wasn't thrilled at the time because he's very nervous in this area about the, the gun control issue and, and, and it going awry. But I took my son with me to the very first Moms Demand Action rally at the State House, like five years. It was, it would have been right after, um, uh, would have been in, I don't know, five years ago, we'll say he was still pretty little, but we went out there, we made signs and there were only like 10 of us there. There were probably more people from the NRA there to, 
you know, look scary to us than anything else. But he got the point. He was like, and, and I told him, I was like, when something is important, you do something about it. You, you, you donate to an organization or you show up to the awareness walks or you make cookies and take them to the firefighters or, or you go to the rallies and, and I take them with me. I mean, there are some things I leave them home for if I, um, if I'm worried about safety or just size of crowds or anything like that. Um, obviously I did not take them with me to the women's March in Washington, but I took a lot of pictures and, and made sure to tell them all about what we did. And I recorded some of it and, and showed them videos and, and just talked to them about why it was important for me as a woman to go to Washington DC and stand up for women's issues. And, um, and that's, that's really what it is, is just modeling it and talking to them about it and showing them, um, they were not excited about watching the uh, documentary on RBG, but you know, it's a, for me, she's such a, a monumental woman in woman's history, regardless of politics or whatnot, that it's important for them to know about people like that. Um, we went to Washington DC um, last spring and we toured the white house and we talked about, you know, as we went through different things, we, they don't always understand what we're talking about. My 12 year old gets most of it. My nine year old gets most of it. My seven year old could care less about most of it, but she absorbs <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you know, we just, we try to point out things and, and talk to them. And I will say it's easy because my husband and I are, um, are pretty similar in our belief system and structure. And I know it's got to be very challenging if you're in a marriage where either the other partner could care less or is completely opposite views as you. So you have to be, you know, careful there that you're not, <laughs> but they pick, they pick up everything. Sometimes it's just things that they hear us say. And then I hear them say something later. And I'm like, I don't remember telling her that or, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It it you know, I mean, I have to tell you Alexis, I your book Lose the Cape um it is really inspiring. And I love everything that you've been talking about. And I I know from my own my own experience, you know, I see myself in these different areas of uh, and you know, with my daughter and how we've interacted. So, you know, how did you come up with the idea to to, to do write the book? Um, the mom's guide to becoming socially and politically engaged and um, and then solicit or go after um, exceptional women to provide these the contributions well it's it's been a journey and um, we it's actually the fourth book in a series of lose the cape books and the first one was a co-authored book between me and another blogger um, Carrie and we just wanted to both had small children and we both just were kind of over the mommy wars and we're like, let's just interview a bunch of different women and see how they do things. And then kind of put together like a book about the, the nine biggest fears or issues that new moms deal with and how other moms do it so that they don't feel like there's something wrong with them if they choose to go one option <laughs> instead of another. Right. So then that kind of just it set in track. Like I really enjoyed doing these books. So then we did one that was all uh, the next one was, never will I ever. And then I had kids, which was stories about all the things we always said, uh-uh, not doing that, never going to happen until we had a kid. And then it was like, okay, you're definitely eating chocolate while you're watching the iPad while I do whatever I need to get done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one was, um, 
teens, ain't nothing but a teen thing. And it's a kind of a, a prep book for parents who are getting about to go into that preteen um, phase with stories, funny and, and not funny, but you know, just preparation stories for if you're about to enter it. So, so we've been in this mode of putting out basically books that follow us through our, um, and in the meantime, Nancy joined me as my co-host on the podcast. And and we started, I, I started finding myself becoming more and more um, engaged in what's going on in our world and realizing that we have to, have to take part. It doesn't matter. Now we're, we're both very left leaning. I try to be moderate, but we are, I mean, it's, you know, pretty obvious in a lot of the things that we talk about, but I try to always say, you know what, it doesn't really matter to me which side of the spectrum you're on because I was raised very conservative Republican. So I understand that perspective as well, but it, what matters the most is that that we use our voices, that we stand up, that we do something, that we take action. And so the answer is when Trump was elected, quite honestly, um, it spurred a lot of things and a lot of people to take action. You know, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are or who you like or dislike. It it created a large action pool of people wanting to do something. And then Parkland happened. And what we saw was a bunch of kids standing up for what was right and a bunch of adults not doing the right thing. And I started wondering, like, why is it that adults aren't participating in this process and how long is it until we get to a point and I and I came to that conclusion that politics is a dirty word people don't want to talk about it they don't you know I'm raised in the south you don't talk about politics politics religion or money ever right and and I was like that's just wrong that's just wrong we would get so much further if we would actually say okay I don't care what your view is, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about why that's your view, why this is my view. I fully understand that we all make decisions and have views based on the experiences that our lives have brought us. And I can't possibly expect someone else to have my view if they haven't had some of those similar experiences, right? So yeah, we, we just decided, we were like, we want to be talking to moms about this. We want to show moms how important it is that they get involved in the process. Even if you have little kids and all you can do is make sandwiches for the homeless shelter. If that's what you're doing as a play date group, that's awesome. You're doing something, you're being engaged in the community, and you're showing your children how important it is for us to take care of each other in our community. And along the way, as you show this, our children will see it. And then they grow up different. They grow up knowing that talking about it is something we should be doing and that it's normal and that my parents did it and our group of friends did it. And they grow up knowing how normal it is to be taking care of each other as a within our community and doing the right things. So that led us to think, okay, who do we know that in our inner circle that is doing this, that is walking the walk, that is involved, that is, you know, taking, doing these amazing things. And we just started reaching out to people and asking them if they'd be willing to, to write about what they were doing. Um, and, and it covers a broad spectrum from like women who are, you know, starting organizations and doing really big things to people who literally are just, you know, how can we make a difference in our small community today and what can I do? And it's not politically motivated. It's just, it's just based on doing what's right for our community. So that's, that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that Alexis. I, I, I because I mean, I know that that was, 
I had that same feeling. It was like after the election, it was so crushing. I, I but it gave me the opportunity, like if I want things to be different, then I have to take action. Exactly. And, um, and of course the same, I've got involved with our group here locally, Guns Alliance for Guns, uh, responsible guns or uh, <laughs> lines for gun responsibility there I got it right you know and I have attended events and um, I um, gathered signatures which is the first time I had ever done that mm -hmm. and I actually went to a community event with my daughter and she was like going well oh mom I, I'm not going to be seen with you you know <laughs> and I said what's they can what's the worst that can happen they're either going to say yes or they're going to say no and yeah I mean somebody could start ranting at you but it's like that's okay you know right right <laughs> I, I was like this is what it takes and to get people to sign this so we can get it on the ballot you know if we if it doesn't get on the ballot we don't we can't vote on it right and we can't force action and uh because I just felt it was, yeah, it's just like we, you know, something has to change. And I come from, in my area of Washington state, the whole West coast side of the state is really quite liberal. <laughs> and, um, but, it, but still just getting that through. Um, and, and yet it was, it was quite, and it's an interesting thing with your children. So on the one hand, you know, she was glad I was involved in doing all this uh, things, but the other hand, she didn't want to be seen with me when I was uh -huh, uh -huh. together, the signatures. She didn't want to be, uh, you know, uh, be approaching people to get them to sign up, you know? Yeah. So it was very interesting thing. It's like, yeah, well, what's the worst thing that can happen, you know? And so go through that scenario and it's okay. It's okay mm -hmm. if they say no. I mean, you know, go on to the next person. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so this is, thank you so much. I mean, obviously I'm inspired um, and, and for sharing with our audience, with other women and moms, how they can become socially and politically active. And if they have children or they plan to at some point, how they can raise their children to be involved activists. Thank you, Alexa. Well, thank you so much for for giving us the opportunity. This is it's obviously something that's really, really important to us. I'm, I, I, I hope to get to the point in time where this is like what I'm doing with my life is is making these big changes because and and starting with small changes and because it's it's really important. I mean, even even down to like how your how your child with special needs i have a son who has adhd you know how he's handled in school and the process that that you go through and 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 things like that all of these issues that don't seem like a big deal until you're the one trying to figure them out become a really big deal and um so you know i just I, I, to your point your daughter didn't want to do it she didn't want to be seen with it hopefully if we start really young and just you just start with them you know like i said i've been dragging my kids to marches and rallies and walks and awareness events since since they could walk so they're they're used to it they expect it now they don't love it but hopefully one day they will <laughs> yeah well no no she was glad i was participating doing all that right she just didn't want <laughs> Going and asking someone to get their signature was a step oh. too far for her. So it's hard, that, it's hard work. That, that moved out of her comfort zone. Yeah, and, it's, it's uh, hard. And but it was like, I, it just it was that important to me, and mm -hmm. uh, it was it was my opportunity to do something, and the signatures I gathered helped 
you know, put us over the top, you know, I mean, yes. every, every signature makes a difference. Every signature counts. So, well, it this really has been, does. yeah, this has been such an informative discussion. And I would like to say to our audience, if you have any ideas you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a comment um, and you can also uh, email us if you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion. And that email is join the conversation at petitequeen.com. And to stay current with all our insightful advice and these wonderful podcasts like this one we've just had, um, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. <music>